This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, Aliens versus Aliens. Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one magnificently huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world, we're just here to make it weirder, one podcast at a time. This is Magnificently Huge. So, I've got this, this, this thing. Uh, I like the movie Aliens. It's, it's good. It's, it's an action movie. It's a horror movie. It's, it's an allegory. It's, it, it, it's just, it, it's got neat sound effects for automatic gunfire. See? So, it's, it's fun. And it didn't cost much, but it made a bunch of money. And so they've been trying to recreate the formula of making something weird out of the Aliens movies ever since and they have failed just abysmally every time even when they brought back the guy who made the first alien film which a lot of people have not even seen to to make prometheus and it, 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 just just a shit show i think they need to stop making aliens movies unless they're going to go back to aliens what do you think What do you think we're going to talk about? We're going to talk about that. That's what we're going to talk about. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Who wants to kick it off? Huge podcast. (laughs) I'll kick it off. My name is Brian. And the guy that that asked me if he wants to kick it off is... Eric. Um, I'll be Chris today. And the other guy is... Chris. I just said Chris. Listen. I said Chris. Jesus Christ. Should we do this over? <laughs> you want No, no, this is this is this is the show, yeah. everybody. We've been doing this for a while yeah. and we still don't know what to do. Why waste comedy gold? Good lord. So we were talking about getting old and uh all the things that you know you 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 lose as you age. And I found that there's we could probably put together like a bingo card of of the things as you lose them <laughs> because it seems everybody everybody like loses something at different stages at different rates you know like i've kept all of my hair but i i walk funny now because my arches have fallen or whatever i don't mm, have a nice. problem peeing but you know i i still have to like get up several times in the night you know it's like different aging things that happen to you it's like you need to I'll tell you the I, thing you need to be uh, thankful thing I, of the things you don't you you, know, you you haven't lost yet when you think about you know the things you have right okay hmm mm. yeah I'll, I'll tell you the thing that i was thankful for losing was like you know you get you get over 40 say and like the testosterone level drops and suddenly you're just not as angry anymore. Like it's just easier to not care about stuff and let it, let it slide off your back. Is that a thing? Oh, That's nice. I wish I had thing? that. I, I have to take medication to make that happen. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I just drink. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh. And with that, let's get to what we've been doing this week and talk about the fresh shit. <laughs> this shit is fresh. Who's got fresh shit? So I've been watching this TV show on Amazon called Them. Uh, We just finished it up. 
It's an anthology horror series that's race-related. Um, so it's not about giant ants? No, no. Uh, oh, and okay. It, it's, that's them exclamation point. I guess. Okay. This is this yeah, is a, yeah. This is going into that whole sort of new genre of racial horror that started with Get Out. Um, it's okay. It's a uh, an African American family moving from the South to Compton, California, in the 1950s when Compton was still a very white uh, middle class neighborhood, and everyone there is very racist and awful to them. And oh, by the way, the house is haunted. It's like all sorts of bad shit and it develops very well um everybody gets what they deserve i think the ending was a bit ham-fisted i don't you know i think they could have made a whole series out of this and not just a one season story but for some reason nobody's talking about this show i don't get it it's you know it's you said it's on Amazon? Yeah. Or what? what's it on? Amazon. Okay. Maybe that's why. Well, everybody was talking like... about uh, Transparent. That was on Amazon. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think... guess we were talking about the boys. Yeah. Well, maybe but, it's yeah. because uh, Jordan Peele didn't do this one, so it uh, doesn't have the maybe. automatic cachet, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Could be. It's streaming service racism. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Brought it's... to you by Jeff Bezos. Yes. Yeah. It's 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 an intense show. It's not it's not often a very feel good show, uh, but it's worth watching. Who's in it? Hey, nobody I know. Oh, okay. oh, uh, yeah. Except for the white people, I know Allison Pill, and that's it. <laughs> well, as it God. should be, as it should um, be. How like how many episodes is it? Is it like it's, a commitment, or is it just like a single single season? What is it? A single season and a streaming single season. So that's like I think ten episodes. It's it's okay. It's not a big ask, and yeah. not all of them. It, what's also funny? Some of them are a half hour long. Some of them are like forty five, forty seven minutes. It's like they're all over the place on their length. But that's a streaming service thing again. Every episode is as, as long as it has to be. But not- isn't that a nice thing about the new streaming reality is that they can do that. Yeah. They can just make it however long it needs to be. That not a big just, investment at all. Yeah. <laughs> just, all right. Remember when episodes, like, seasons used to be like 23 episodes and it took like six months to get through? Yeah. Those were the, those were the days, weren't they? Yeah, that's... So, so that like when yeah. Enterprise wasn't doing that well, it took forever until somebody got around to retooling it. Yeah. 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 Well, As that was we just all about know. making it to 100 episodes for syndication. <laughs> yeah, all really. This is, oh, that all too. All this is yeah. not true anymore. Uh, okay. All right. Them. Anything else, Eric? Uh, no. No. All right. No. Very, perf- very perfunctory. I've been listening to no. Super Tramp a lot. Anybody listen to Super Tramp lately? Super Tramp. Fuck yes. Awesome. is good. I love Breakfast in America. That is one of my favorite albums. Great album. I will not lie. I didn't realize it was two guys who were like writing their own stuff separately and then they would get together and do the album. The lead singer for Supertramp, uh, I really like his solo work as well. 
Well, and I guess at one point or another, Yes reached out to him and asked if he would be their new lead singer on on the road shows, and he's like, eh, yeah. I'm good. You bloody well two, right. Two lead singers. They had like one guy, you know, who like he, he had the high falsetto, odd kind of slightly crazy voice, and then there was the pop singer guy. Yeah, I don't know. It was very. Um, hey yeah. now, what's that? Not to hey be confused with. Hey now, those guys. Uh, hey, uh, yeah, no, I'm thinking of Roger Hodgson, who was the high pitched guy. Uh, yeah, see, you and know we're way not more about think- him than I do. Yeah, we're not thinking of air supply, so just put that out of your head right now. We're talking about Super Tramp. Thank yes. you. <laughs> but yeah, was, take the long yeah. way home. That's a great travel song. Like when I went, did my backpack tour through Thailand, that I did a bunch of Super Tramp on the the MP3. The thing that I was listening to for my travels, so I'd be on these long bus rides, and then like Super Tramp would come on, take the long way home, and come on, and it would make me laugh because I'm like, I'm in the middle of nowhere. This is funny. So take the long way home it. is crushingly depressing. Are you right? kidding? Yeah, it's that's like, why I would start to laugh. Yeah. I'm looking back at my life and all the things I didn't do, and uh, ah, shit, I, I just ruined my whole life. You know. Yeah. But <laughs> and, and here's it's a sax solo. Yeah, but it's peppy. It's up tempo. It's good. I'm a big fan of crushingly depressing, so I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, all right then. Uh, all right. So I have I have too much frisk shit. I'm going to have to like narrow it down here. Do you want me to go um, ahead cuz I don't have anything really? Yeah, sure, go ahead. And then you can you can uh back clean up and then take us out. Uh cuz all all, right. all I've been doing this week because as you know, we've been uh selling a house, buying a house doing all of that craziness. So uh, just to kill time and void my brain, uh, I just decided to start rewatching the series Chuck that's now on Amazon. It's like the full full series. I'm barely into season one. Never bothered with Chuck. It's... What, it's what's fun. the premise and why should I care? Ah, especially now. Well, that's the one with sh- the guy who care. works at Best Buy and gets injected with the serum that allows him to be a no. super spy, and they can't get it out, so they. they it's not a serum. He oh. he basically uh, exit like yeah, it's a long involved backstory, but basically he's a slacky dude working at a Best Buy. Eric is correct there, named Chuck Bartowski. Uh, his former friend at Stanford who ended up getting him kicked out for reasons that become clear as the season progresses uh, was a spy for the CIA who had stolen something called the Inter- Intersect which is like uh, a big informational database with all of the agencies sort of cross-referencing everything so it basically knows all sees all about everything and it basically injects into his brain stem through these flashing images so his old friend sends this to him as he's trying to steal it before he gets killed, and then Chuck ends up being a human intersect, and they can't replace it. So then he becomes a, an asset, and then people want to kill him. The agencies fight over him. Blah blah blah. Oh yeah, because so. the serum is so stupid. Are you kidding? It's exactly <laughs> the same thing. It's just a I different didn't... name. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and then hijinks ensue because he's obviously not a spy, and it's. Uh, I mean, it's done by McG, which is really not a selling point for most things, but it's actually not bad <laughs> here. 
but it's just a very breezy, charming, effervescent show that as the season progressed, it became a, like a, a much broader uh, universe. And so it becomes like more alias. interesting. Kind of. And then, yeah, the, the, the character development becomes much better. You become more invested in them as people. And so the stakes get a little higher. But by the end of the series, it's just so depressing because they've, they're literally, there's nothing that Chuck can do <laughs> to save himself is what it boils down to because all this shit's just stuck in his head. But like second or third season, they get very Matrixy, where he can like, I don't know, flash on something and know how to do Kung Fu or whatnot. So they get in all these oddball situations. So it's just goofy. It's like a throwback. What, to, if, what if Johnny Mnemonic worked at Best Buy? Yeah, is, basically. Is I heard. Yeah, okay. But it's, but it's structurally, it's a throwback to like those, the 70s shows, like the Million Dollar Man and, you know, whatever, Fall Guy. Uh, and very, and there's a scene. There's a scene where somebody comes into the Best Buy when he's working, and they're like, "I'm looking for the DVD set of this TV show from the mm-hmm. '70s about this mm-hmm. guy who was walking through the West and he helps people, but he beats people up." And he says, "I know Kung Fu." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, right. Well, I know Kung uh, Fu. That's a pun. It's, that's you, a pun. It, that's that's another no, thing I've lost as I got older is the 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 ability to stop myself from saying puns. Yeah, and we uh, we really hate you for that. Uh, yeah, me too. I hate myself. Yeah, but the the show like it started in like oh seven, I guess, and so it's funny to watch the first season because it's set in the store's called Buy More in the show, but it's Best Buy, and it's just funny to see what life was like in two thousand seven, where people actually bought media at a Best Buy, <laughs> and so it's very very quaint, but it's only you know like thirteen years later. <laughs> But I'm like, oh, that's cute. So it's literally the year the iPhone came out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so it's fun. And they're like dealing with like video cameras and stuff to help people on the sales floor. It's just very quaint. So it's it's funny how technology changes. Quick, find uh, a pay phone. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're using like little Nokia phones in this one. It's like, whoa, I remember Nokia. I had one. That's crazy. So it's definitely a, a blast of the past for the early aughts. Uh, but it's breezy, it's fun, it's charming, uh, and I'm still liking it despite myself. Uh, but you know, it gave us Zachary Levi, so I guess it's not all bad. So, yeah, Chuck, all right, all Chuck. Right. Okay, I'm done. So it's not a serum. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, no, it's that's, not. That's totally weird. I just yeah, let's serum. let's be on the record here. Don't be, don't be so pedantic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Go ahead, Brian. Sorry. All right. So I'll talk about a couple things. Um gonna just recommend the same video games everybody else is recommending, but let's be honest, it's it's you know, it's November, so we're heading into Black Friday season and it's time for all the big the big guns to come out in game world. I finished uh, the new Metroid, Metroid Dread, on the Nintendo Switch, hmm. and this is a a 2D Metroid along the lines of Super Metroid from the Super Nintendo, but like with really, really, really smooth, polished controls. Like this thing just is incredibly well designed. It's constantly rolling out new mechanics. It's constantly uh, opening up new avenues, and it's just and polished. And dreadlocks? What? Because <laughs> I'm so wrong with dread? you today. 
Oh, I figured, oh I figured they had read the emotion, dreadlocks? not read the hairstyle. Oh, 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 oh okay. Because oh, I know my. that dreadlocks are now like a hair thing that the kids like, and maybe <laughs> maybe they, they dreads. Okay. So, oh, so game yeah, no. is what you're saying. Sorry, go ahead. Continue. Yeah, no, it's a video game. It's very good. It's Metroid. If you've if you if you played a Metroid game before, and, and that's the thing, there's been like a whole bunch of there's a whole genre that they called Metroidvania games these days, which are basically these games that you run by paths that you can't reach until you get some new ability, and then you unlock it, and then you backtrack. And so there's been a whole lot of really good Metroidvanias the last few years, and to come out with a new Metroid, they had a lot to prove, but they actually kind of stuck the landing. So good job, Nintendo. You continue to make excellent video games. And then the other one that's just... This is a fascinating game because it's kind of a game for everyone. Uh, the new Forza Horizon 5 has come out. And it's the kind of game that can run on your tricked out PC and show off really, really fancy graphics. It can run on your oldest original Xbox and do just fine. It's very, very, very approachable, uh, but also has like it's kind of bottomless in terms of people who want to do the full-on, like, I want to tweak my car and switch out parts and give it a custom paint job and do it. It's like, it's like the ultimate car game. It's just endless, and there's a huge amount of stuff to do in it, and it, you can pick it up and play it for 10 minutes, or you can be like a lunatic and, and play it for hundreds of hours. But is there a serum? Um, does it have dreadlocks? There, you know, who knows? <laughs> uh, it might have dreadlocks. Uh, it's set in Mexico, so, you know, maybe there are people with dreadlocks. Who knows? Maybe there's a serum. It's got a ton of content. I've barely, barely scrapped the, scrapped, yeah, scratched the surface of it. Um, but yeah, Met uh, Metroid Dread, Forza Horizon 5, there's good video games out there, and everyone's playing them, and now I've name-dropped them. So hashtag, hashtag, like the podcast. Um, <laughs> so is, this, is the Switch your new de facto system of choice right now? No, not at all. Okay. Actually, the one I probably play the most new games on is the PlayStation 5, and I've been hungry for a game to come out for the, the new Xbox that actually put it through its paces. And this is such a game. This is a new... Uh, Microsoft first-party game, okay. but they they're taking their whole backwards compatibility thing very seriously. It runs on everything that is Microsoft compatible. So Windows runs on all the Xboxes. It's so weird that it took them this uh, but, long to but, yeah, figure the new that hardware, out. Hardware, it looks great. Like, why did it take them so long to figure out how to make them play on everything? You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it's expensive. Okay. And the truth of the matter is that the you know that the hardware was so custom and limited in the past that it was a pain in the ass to do backwards compatibility nowadays there's enough horsepower that you can emulate the old stuff just fine and and yeah microsoft by far has got that nailed down the best because you can have a cloud save from a game you played on an xbox 360 skip two generations load it up on a series x and it will suddenly have better graphics and pick up where your save game was and you don't even have to think about it it's funny they uh, don't have to compete yeah. with their old library at all i mean like if i if I got a new Xbox and it just played these two or three games I always play, I'd probably never buy anything. I guess that's the point of a well, Game Pass. Well, Microsoft, yeah, Microsoft doesn't really care where you're playing Game Pass. They just want that subscription. Yeah. Like, Forza Horizon 5 is free. If you've got Game Pass, it's just you have it on day one. There it is. Play Forza. 
Right, but if I'm a developer, you know, uh, how am I making money? Well, I mean, the developers who aren't Microsoft, they're basically it's net, it's the Netflix model, right? They're getting paid a certain amount just to to be put on the service by Microsoft. Uh. And I don't know if there are, you know, additional compensation depending on how many people download it versus how many people play it versus how many hours or whatever. And a lot of these games also, you know, they've got the opportunity to like buy extras you know like you can buy cars and shit on on forza horizon and and they get your money that way yeah or they'll release downloadable content packs and then if you want those you can buy them because i'm like i would just before it leaves game pass it's discounted it's that kind of thing i would just crank out like a hundred different small titles rather than one great big one you know yep if if that's that's how they're doing shit i'm kind of with you there why not just yeah, sure. Put it on all the things and give us a small amount of money and make a profit and yeah. not have to work your ass off. Right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, those are good games. And then um, went to another another touring Broadway company. Went and saw the Broadway version of Mean Girls. Ugh. Now, here's the thing about Mean Girls the musical. It works better as a musical than it did as a movie. Uh, um, How is that possible? Well, because it's kind of stupid, and in a musical you can be cheesier, I think, and get away with it. I liked Mean Girls. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> we did, yeah, we, we did the it's whole show. Bad, he- it's a Heather's versus Mean Girls. It's a ton of fun as a musical. So in the, in the three of the three plastics in the Mean Girls, the one of them is just like the basic one like the kind of stupid one is she and the, the actress that's touring with the touring company was the one who originated that role on broadway and she is phenomenal <laughs> like there's a whole scene where like this dude is like trying to show off his rap skills and there's this whole big dance number and then she comes out in the center of the stage and like does this terrible i don't know what i'm doing white girl break dancing thing <laughs> oh. is she the one that was played by amanda seyfried that like yeah that does yeah. does the weather by massaging her breasts. Yeah, that one. Yeah, okay. yeah. No, she she steals the whole show. She has a whole uh, big song and dance number at the Halloween party, uh, and she's backed by all these dancers. In you know, there's like a sexy corn outfit, and there's a, there was a sexy baby Yoda outfit. <laughs> um, you know, and it's just it's just goofy. I can be a sexy doctor and cure some sexy cancer. That's not right, is it? No. I can sexy cure some cancer. No. I can cure sex cancer. Sex cancer doesn't exist. I did it. Um, the other thing they do with it that I I was wary of at the beginning, but like the whole set is just a bunch of flats that are huge LED screens. But then they can pretty much paint whatever they want to on them and do things with perspective and all of that. I was really worried that that was going to be kind of lazy. But, nah, they used them to good effect. They got away with it. And they updated it. There's a social media component to the Broadway version of Mean Girls that isn't really... At least I don't remember it from the from the movie. So they, they've kind of updated it for the modern times with, with Instagram and stuff. I was going to say, yeah, the movie predates Facebook more or less, so yeah. 
that makes sense. Yeah. So I was pleasantly surprised. I went in, in fairness, I went in kind of going, eh, this is going to be dumb. <laughs> but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, you could do worse than Mean Girls as a show. Wow, that is a stellar recommendation, if ever I've heard one. Thank you. <laughs> I expected so much less. I'm old and jaded. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't gush about very much anymore. That's true, unless it's Metroid, <laughs> in which case, look out. You know what? Metroid is really good. <laughs> so, well, yeah, you just said that. So, yeah, I'm just reiterating. Yeah. Thank you. All right, that's probably enough for the fresh shit. Today, uh, uh, and, and this is probably, probably Metroid is probably an interesting game choice to segue into this, uh, because mm. I think it owes its, or, or, or its origins, you know, are in the Alien franchise. So. I can't disagree. We're going we're gonna to talk about Alien, but with uh, a, a, a slight difference this time. I, I, I'm coming at this with the thesis that basically Aliens, the second movie, is the best movie in the mm-hmm. whole series, and that everything they tried to make after Aliens was basically trying to be better than Aliens, and that that's all they were aiming for. Yeah, like, it's, I agree. If if you so talk to someone, there, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. I say, if you no, talk just, to someone about, <laughs> ah! <laughs> you go. I'll wait. No, you go. God damn it. <laughs> Okay, but don't talk over me. Fine. You go. No, you. <laughs> oh God damn God. it. We'll cut that out. Uh, I was going to say, uh, if you talk to, if you talk to anybody, totally <laughs> if you talk to anybody about the Alien franchise uh, and they tell you that Aliens is not their favorite, then they're either a fool or a liar. That's the bottom line. Go. Yeah. It's like, it's like you, you, the, the problem is it was made by, uh, that, that, the, the, the Titanic guy that nobody likes, uh, Cameron, James, James Cameron, Cameron. <laughs> the Titanic I can never guy. remember his name. And, the yeah, avatar like, man. Yeah. Avatar guy. Nobody admits to liking him, but everybody watches his movies and they all say, okay, but I still hate him, but that was awesome, but I still hate him. And he made this fucking amazing movie right after Terminator and kind of proved he really knows what he's doing, that he can yeah. make something on a shoestring budget and have it be fucking awesome. Um, yeah, I'm not the, uh, the biggest James Cameron fan, but I recognize, you know, he's, he makes good films. He's, he, he's a great technical filmmaker and he had this concept for uh, an alien sequel with Marines and, Charging into, yeah, you, know, you, you hear that there's a bunch of murder aliens that bleed acid. Of course, you send in a military squad, and that's what this is. <laughs> yeah. Everything, yeah, the first, the first movie was good. There's no question. Alien Singular is a great film, right? But Agreed. It's like, if you're talking about a series, it's like, okay, what are the best sequels in that? Um. Yeah, Aliens is just it. Yeah. yeah. So, um, to prep for this show, I got out my DVD box set of the poorly named Alien Quadrilogy. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm so peeved. I'm pretty sure isn't a word, and that tetralogy is yeah. the correct word for four things. But uh, well, I'm the Alien Quadrilogy was a box set they sold and has a whole bunch of special features on the first four movies. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, there's no denying the impact of the original 1979 Alien, which was one of the apparently the only reason it got made was it was one of the few sci-fi scripts that was sitting on somebody's desk at 20th century fox after star wars popped and they were like shit we need to put more sci-fi into production and they had like this schlocky monster movie uh script and they put it into production and they just put the kind of money behind it to make to to try and replicate the star wars profitability thing yeah and ended up with design and a design language between alien blade runner and tron like influenced entire like two entire generations of sci-fi designers just based off of how these movies were yeah were, were designed well yeah what's cool about alien is that so ridley scott kind of made his career with that thing because he was a commercial director and then he had done what like the duelists like he's like his stuff before Alien is not the style that you come to expect from him, but Alien is just that's managed from frame one, and it's just so tight. And then for everything f- throughout his '80s output is pretty much just a very stylized version of the stuff he laid down on that. So you can see Blade Runner in Alien, you can see Legend in Alien. I mean, it's just it's weird. Mm-hmm. That it's this weird Genesis movie for him, uh, mm. but then to go from that to to Aliens, which is a totally different feel because it's a totally different director, it's just like night and day. And I don't know why it works so well, but Aliens just explodes the first movie and then makes it so much better. It's just yeah, this I think weird Aliens phenomenon. Works. I think Aliens works better because one, there's a ticking clock. Two, yeah. it's a compressed. Mm-hmm physical area you know it's like it, it, it takes the things that were in the first one and sort of it makes those the bad guys you know like yeah. it, it, you you know you've got uh got to get this alien off your ship in the first one but in the second one the 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 the, the ticking clock is omnipresent and as soon as it's yeah. done they introduce a new one uh yeah, yeah. Well, and and really, the bad guys are like the Whalen Yutani Corporation and all of that, right? Like it's it's extrapolating how the the larger, at least human race, would react to the knowledge of these aliens, right? Yeah. I yeah. they certainly but, plant the seeds for that. I mean, like like yeah, it's not actually that big of a deal when you watch the second one. It's you know, it's Paul Reiser is an asshole, but otherwise they they kind of. They, they just sort of leave that hanging, and then that becomes the major thread for the future films. Well, but um, it's also set up yeah. in the first one with uh, Ian Holm, uh, as, who ends up being yeah. the, the droid. I mean, you, you, they plant right. that nugget that it's, that it's Whaling yutani fucking with the lives of all of its employees just so they can get this weird alien biotech yeah. or whatever. Well, it's, it's all right there in the title, Aliens, right? <laughs> like, they are... They are taking everything that was in that first movie and they're like squaring it. They're multiplying, they're multiplying it by yeah. a lot, right? Like so, they're they're making the Wayland Tutani thing bigger. But you take the actual alien and let's—I mean, 
one of the reasons why we're even talking about this thing is let's just talk about the design of that fucking thing, right? Like, you've got the unknowable sex demon thing from H.R. Giger, but what what really made Alien stick in the minds of the audience and what makes it such a great design is that it is essentially this unknowable, unstoppable creature that procreates by raping you and using your body as an incubator <laughs> to burst out of you in whatever new evol- evolved form it does. Right. And that's just, you know, that's pretty mm. upsetting to an audience. So when you start to say, and now there's a whole planet of these bastards, and if you shoot them, they'll, you'll just get their acid blood on you and die that way, that's a significant but threat. I yeah. like that. What I like about the second one, though, in a very... uh america fuck yeah way honestly i'll admit this what makes that film is the sound of those guns and the idea that yeah these are badass aliens but you know what fuck you we'll kill every last goddamn one of you we're not going to (laughs) try to understand you we're just going to erase you and that's pretty much how that film goes well well, i like that you just count what happens in three that's a happy ending movie. We we, right. we find a new alien species and we wipe them the fuck out. And that you know could yeah. have been the end of it. Well, I mean, the site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Yeah. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. Fucking a. Fucking a. I mean, Cameron did write the script for Rambo: First Blood Part Two, and this is very much in that realm. Because it's, you know, you're going back to clean up the mess from earlier and all hell breaks loose. It's kind of that formula. But it's done, it's, I don't know why it's, it's done so much better than any other action movie like it of that era. Or any era, really. So it's a strange beast. Which, which one did you see first? Aliens or Alien? I had seen Alien, Alien on VHS. Yeah. So when the f- sequel came okay. out, I was, I was pretty jazzed. I was like, hell yes. I had not seen the original. Really? Aliens was my first one. Wow, that's and a good one to pop Yeah, it just in. floored me. Yeah. I we, remember seeing that at like the Lake Six and just being like, wow. <laughs> when <laughs> my mom worked at for ASU, and the first time the Sun Devils went to the Rose Bowl, uh, I had to go. I hate football, so I didn't give a fuck. I was like, uh, this is boring. And so I spent a lot of my time just sitting in a hotel room while they went off and did, like, ASU things. But the one free movie that was playing on the hotel movie decoder box was Aliens. And it would play over and over and over and over. So I watched it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> it was like it was like three or four days of nothing but Aliens. My, my parents must have been like, oh, how did we end up with this kid? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw it a couple times in the theater, and then when it came out on VHS, just watched the living hell out of it. To the point where I was just walking around, like, quoting bits all the time. Yeah. Like, that was, over, I was... Game over, man! Game over! <laughs> yeah, fucking Hudson. Over, so, yeah, this is when I was working at uh, KFC, one of my first, like, high school gigs as a teenager. Like, 15, 16. And we would just fuck around in the kitchen all day long, just recreating scenes from Aliens. You know, it's like... <laughs> Five meters? What do you mean five meters? That's inside the room. And then we like, wow, wow. And we would kill time replaying aliens over and over. And like other people on the crew would look at us like, you dumbasses, what are you doing? Like, game over, man. Game over. That was like our thing. Somebody wake up, Hicks. 
Yeah, basically. Yeah, uh, have you ever been mistaken for a man? No, no have, have you? you? Yeah. No. Like this. <laughs> so, first of all, he wrote that great dialogue. He wrote those characters, those archetypes, and had them bounce off of each other really w- well. And then he did what horror movies do and kills them off one by one, yeah. right? So... But but by making them such badasses, he he therefore makes the aliens that much more badass because they can tear them up. Yeah, right. Well, the and yeah. Well, the the main difference I think that makes it such a good one-two punch, the first and second movie, is the first movie is basically just a haunted house movie in space. You know, like they're dealing with the unknown monster, yeah. and then Ripley ends up being the final girl. Uh, it really hews to that formula that Carpenter had set out with Halloween, etc. But then you get to this one, Aliens, and it's like a it's like a Romero zombie movie almost. It's it's almost like Day mm. of, Day of the Dead. <laughs> I mean, it's just like True. they've just ramped it to eleven. These things are unstoppable. You're fucked. I mean, it's that they lay out the groundwork from the get go. But the the hook for me that makes it such a potent movie is that Cameron had sense enough to make it all about Ripley, uh, sort of meeting her trauma head on to get over it. And it's like the, her character arc mm-hmm. in this thing is just phenomenal because she comes in and she's just, you know, PTSD of the wazoo. And then by the end of it, she's like, get away from her, you bitch. I mean, she's just fed up. It's just a fuck around and find out kind of moment. And it's just indelible for me. Mm-hmm. And okay. I love it so, so much. Like we recognize Aliens is, you know, great fucking movie, right? Uh, but then there's all the other ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, they're... Th- and it feels like that what their thinking was is they they made Alien, then they hired a guy who's completely different to do the sequel. Let's make a series out of giving like a a a filmmaker who knows what they're doing but has a completely different sensibility the keys right. to the whole thing. So they end up with Alien right. Cubed, which you know again David Fincher I love, uh, but you know this this movie is just a slog. Uh, yeah. Well, let's let's talk about Alien Cubed a bit because I think this is kind of <laughs> why nothing stacks up. Yeah. Right? Like first of all, Alien Cubed was a release date in search of a script. They literally made a trailer, a teaser trailer that said in 1979 we discovered in space no one can hear you scream. In 1992 we will discover on Earth, everyone can hear you scream. Now, that is really Whoops. not what happens in Alien 3. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but they made a trailer, and they basically said, here's our stake in the ground, we're coming. And they had this guy, they, they've been through a few directors, they started with Rennie Harlan, of all people. Yeah. Ugh. And he quit, because he wasn't feeling it. And then um, they had this guy, Vincent Ward, who was the considered the first director on it. And he, he basically wrote the core story, but in his version, it was like these, these like space Amish monk people who had like, they were in a spaceship, but other than that, they didn't like technology. So everything was made out of wood and weird shit like that. But the whole the whole like religious aspect to it and the and the mistrust was was transferred onto these these other characters. But yeah, he he eventually gets fed up with the studio screwing with his his vision. You know, if the studio is trying to hire visionaries, uh, they're they're not letting them pursue yeah. their vision at all. Hey, here's a here's um, an idea. Let's hire the guy that did the video for Madonna. 
Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> so they hire Fincher, and he has to go shoot, and there's no script. Yeah. And you can and, tell. You can totally tell when you watch this thing. It's like, there are moments, but overall, it's just this big, messy poo-poo. I mean, it's just yeah. doesn't make a lick of sense. They're, they yeah, but they the problem swing with for the this fences. movie are the scenes where people are talking for the sake of talking, and right. nothing's happening. And I think they realized that, and that's why they edit in things like, oh, while they're talk- sitting here talking and doing fuck all, uh, this alien is, is, is being born. You know, yeah, like this thing is well, happening in this other room while they're just jerking off. Yeah. Well, what I hate yeah. about this and is there, that there was a whole, whole subplots that were filmed and cut out. Like Paul McGann's character just kind of disappears in this movie, but he's supposed to be the guy who basically takes the alien side and starts worshiping it like some kind of demon <laughs> god. No, that would have been and cool. When they <laughs> That'd be it, cool. He, he's the one who sets it free. Yeah. But he's just on the cutting room floor and he's not happy about well, it. Well, that's just it. There's so um, many ideas in this thing that they just sort of pick and choose and it just becomes a jumbled mess and part of the problem is it just there's no stakes because they don't let you know any of the inmates really and so you just don't care when they die it's just sort of like well aliens gonna run rampant and then they're gonna square off at the end i mean you know what's coming and so it's just there's no stakes poor paul mcgann his career is loaded (laughs) with almost fucking awesome you know, he right. was almost a Doctor Who. He was almost the alien guy. I mean, I bet he was probably almost Darth Vader. I, I, I would. I yeah, bet. yeah. Let's just say yes. Let's just say he was. But well, uh, but but here's the thing, right? So you're coming at Alien Three. They they've gone from alien to aliens to alien cubed. So they're trying to say even more, right? <laughs> and you were invested in these characters at the end of Aliens. Zuh. And you show up to this movie. (laughs) And they've killed them all. Fuck. And, yeah, the first thing that happens is, all right, so all the, you know, Newt and Hicks, yeah, they're dead. Yeah. Um, And it's just Ripley, and you're not going to get any badassery because nobody has any weapons and there's just one alien. In a way, I kind of liked that, though. in, In a way, that was like... Ha ha, fuck you, sequels. Yeah. You know, I, I kind of like that. <laughs> well, but it yeah, well, also I mean, explains why Bloomkamp wanted to make his alien movie that would have taken place right after Aliens and just fucking stuck in that universe. Yeah. Like, yeah with yeah. next to no explanation. Just just a fork in the road. We're gonna we're gonna stick with like Ripley the Halloween and Hicks series, and Newt. Yeah. yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna yeah. do that version. And it would have been badass. If you watch uh that uh Oats was it Oats Studio mm-hmm. or Whatever Oat studios. If you yeah. watch his stuff on that, you go, damn man, yeah, he totally could have done the aliens proper. Oh yeah, yeah, and he had Sigourney Weaver on board for that yeah. too. Yeah. But but fucking Ridley Scott had to come. What well, let's get to what Ridley Scott did to that awesome Blomkamp thing in a minute. But should we talk about Alien Resurrection? Wow. Yes. Uh that's one where they got again, if you like uh Delicatessen. And City of Lost Children, yes. then you can be a friend of mine because those are great films. Love and them. once again, they said they hear somebody with uh, tattoo. I think was the one of the two guys they hired uh, to, no, to make uh, this movie because he had an original eye. And uh, yeah, it's just yeah. a mess. It doesn't work. Yeah. I wanted to like this movie so much i you know the marketing was good i loved the thing so 
at the end of Alien 3, Ripley kills herself because she's got a queen alien in her in her chest and she's going to die anyway, so she kills the alien with herself. So we're not supposed to get Ripley back, but the deal is we're way in the far-flung future, and in order to get the alien, they've been cloning abominations from from whatever genetic material they could scrape off from the shit that was left over from the prison planet yeah yeah and and so you get all of these like half alien half ripley you know dead things but then the version of ripley you get is like evil ripley and i love that right yeah and 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 she's she's basically very sympathetic to the creatures well, <laughs> and then, you know, you're bringing in Renona Ryder to be the new face of the series and you're going to hang it off of her. And you've got you've got some cool badassery because we've got space pirates and Ron Perlman. It's like all the ingredients are there for a really kick ass movie. Yeah. And then yeah. and, and then. Well, you get it goes studio ending happens. <laughs> well, you get studio interference for one. Uh, like Joss Whedon wrote the script for that one. And that's why the dialogue is peppy. And for the most part, it's actually not bad, but it's just a misfire. It's just, a, it's a strange beast. But uh, when you get to the end and it's like that weird, almost human-faced alien hybrid thing, it's like, what in the hell am I watching? I don't understand any of this. It's so dumb. And it just loses me. So, ugh. Yeah, I, no, the, the human alien baby is awful. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bad choice. It's it's funny though, like the idea that the combination of humans and aliens is just ultimate destructio kill, but yeah. it's you know, it's it's basically like a very dumb baby Frankenstein, you know. Basically. It's like a baby Huey with acid for blood. I mean it's but just But again, yeah. given given the whole city of lost children DNA in this thing, I kinda get it. When this was coming out and I saw it was Juno, City of Lost Children I had consumed and I was so psyched. And then this was the end result. You could see bits and pieces, but you could totally tell that the studio was just had their fingers all over it. And it's just, just mm-hmm. don't hire these guys if you're not going to let them do what they do. That's the most irritating yeah. part. Uh, yeah. It but feels then, like everybody who came into the alien universe because they had a unique voice basically had to fight afterwards to have a career because this, the yeah. alien movie they made made him look so goddamn bad. <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, I'll. I think Fincher did just fine. Yeah. Uh, Took him a while. (laughs) Took him a while. Look at that. Look at how long between this and the game. Yeah. Well, I mean, but even, but even, yeah, but even Juno. I mean, yeah, Juno would go on to make like Amelie and whatnot. So he Mm. did okay. So it's they they rebounded. But I think also he's European, and so he could tell his people, yeah, it's the Americans. They fucking suck. What do you want? Yeah, really. (laughs) But for this one, too, when you rewatch Alien Resurrection, knowing that it's Joss Whedon, uh, you start to see all of the DNA for what would become Firefly, and it's just very bizarre. So then I start watching it going, wouldn't this be awesome if they actually did, instead of this pirate crew, actually did the Firefly crew with Mal and the gang as the people (laughs) that were doing the run? (laughs) Wouldn't that that be the most amazing crossover? Yes. Firefly versus aliens. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And they could have so. done that whole end scene with the death of the baby alien in like the 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 hold of mm-hmm. the uh Firefly. Oh yeah, that yeah. that would have been badass. Yeah, cuz you can totally see the corollaries from all the characters over to Firefly. So it's just Instead it's not of Ripley, a, a huge though, leap. You would have yeah, that little yeah. girl who ends up being, yeah. you know. Right. Exactly. Whatever. But you know, I mean, I'll I'll be honest. Uh, 
I don't entirely hate Alien Cubed or Resurrection. I just don't like them very much, if that makes sense. Right. They're still entertaining no, enough totally to me, with you. but they just, from like Aliens forward, uh, you can totally see where they just try too hard. And by Resurrection, yeah. you're like, this is literally a movie about them genetically mixing up the DNA of alien species so that they could create something new, but it fails. I mean, like this is literally what they've done. They've just taken all the elements of the first three movies and jumbled them all together and then <laughs> spit it back out. And here you go. I mean, that's literally all it is. And so it's an allegory it's for making an alien movie. <laughs> Basically, yeah, with Brad Dorff. So they've yeah. they've gone the, the full Batman here, right? Like they've right. made four of these things, and by that point, they've basically killed their own golden goose. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and then they give it time to rest. Oh, I'm sorry, you had a thought. Go ahead. No, no, they s- don't. They make uh, Alien versus Predator <laughs> and Requiem. Yeah, those don't yeah. count. Those totally they don't c- count. I do not. Those are not canon. Those yeah, are. I agree. Like, I, I agree. don't think those count as predator movies or as alien movies. I think everybody no. would just like to pretend that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, but wouldn't they, it be great they, if you could take those and mush them together with the Freddy versus Jason movie and then have one giant free for all? No. Okay. I, I mean, I they, t- take those and put them together and throw them in the garbage and forget they existed yeah, entirely. Right, that's right. fine. I think that's yeah. called Mortal Kombat. You know? Mortal Kombat! <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. So, so uh, like, they, they let the actual alien series rest for several years and then the guy who made the first one ridley scott says hey good news i'm making a prequel you know oh no 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 i'm not even making a prequel i'm making a movie that that has the dna of the alien movie i hate that so much what a horseshit way of saying i made a sequel yeah were you excited for prometheus no, and I didn't understand Me. the people who were. I didn't either. I, was like, I didn't either. This is this is going to be suck. I mean, this is like like. Do you think they figured out how to make aliens in the last twenty years? They have no, no. And it's just so no Prometheus. Yeah, like like the idea <laughs> was we're going to we're going to basically tell the story of the uh of the ship that they found in the first alien the space movie, space jockey. Yeah, because it was yeah. always like, where did that come from? And who cares? Except they didn't. Yeah. They didn't tell that story. They said they were going to tell that story and didn't. <laughs> Bait and switch. Bait and switch. They basically set up telling the story. They, a ship, an Earth, a, 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 a ship from Earth with the, you know, the same horrible corporation uh, sends humans. They find the, the thing. Bad stuff happens. And then their robot and their Ripley take off for the origin planet of these alien creatures. And I had thought we were going to get a movie out of that, but nope. Prometheus did so poorly with fans. I think, yeah, I was surprised they made another one. You know, I thought I, I didn't even bother. I, I thought it was going to end with right alien there. covenant. Yeah. I've never I, seen covenant I watched either. Prometheus and was done. Yeah. yeah. I just could not Same. care about alien Same. covenant. Did you see it covenant, Eric? I did. I'll get there. I mean, first okay. I want to get through like this Prometheusness, uh, yeah, because mm. yeah, Cause yeah, of- everyone was very excited about it, and I just didn't get it. Except, you know, that it was Ridley Scott, and once Rid- once it came out, it was like, oh, oh no, Ridley Scott doesn't have it anymore. Ridley Scott's gone down <laughs> to the well, and the well is empty. Yeah, that's the main well, problem, is it? it? Yeah, it's it's just once you get past aliens, it's like what other story can you fucking tell? 
That's just not mm-hmm. well, a rehash. It, it gets into this stupid shit about these giant beings that are like seeding life on multiple planets. And there's variations on this story that keep yeah. happening. And Eternals is kind of like that. And it's like, this isn't a good story. I don't like it. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why do we? Why do yeah. we tell stories about this? You can yeah, use it as an explanation for, like, let's say, why all aliens in Star Trek basically look the same. It's a good explanation for that, but they're not—they're not characters you can go to. They're not yeah. useful in that way. Well, my problem with they're it not is- relatable, yeah. and and yeah, I mean, pro- okay, so Prometheus was a was a really handsome movie, right? Like, yeah. I went and saw it in the big screen in the 3D, and it looks really, really good. It's just in the service of ugh, yeah. yeah. Well, the yeah. problem is, it's just, <laughs> to me, it's like, it's the, the alien franchise version of Phantom Menace. It's sort of like, we're going to explain yeah, all of the stuff exactly. that everybody had God. questions about. Because there's that one scene in Alien where it's the giant engineer who's dead, and then they got to piece it all together. That is so much better left as a mystery. Yeah. And, and the whole, yeah, you know what people don't like is mystery. Yeah. So, hey, let's, <laughs> let's, let's do a whole movie where we explain that four seconds of the first movie <laughs> and then people lost their minds. It's like, you're insane. Uh, yeah. We're going to explain the, that four seconds of the first movie by saying it was the John Candy character from the heavy metal movie, the big muscular <laughs> dude who came around yeah. and gave birth to the whole, all life in the galaxy. Which, yeah. Actually, I would have preferred Whatever. if they had tried to explain it with like a, a matrix, like, you know, cartoon series of one-offs. Yeah. Okay. This Ugh. is what the engineer is. This is what the ship is. This is what the original people who found it is. This is what happened yeah. to the, like, like they wanted to make a sequel, a prequel to the colony that Newt was on, you know, as a movie. I was like, no, yeah. no. LV, LV426. You don't get to ruin aliens yeah. now. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, the, alien, oh yeah, go ahead. The the one thing though, I'll, I, I wanted to get this in at some point. Um, you know, another thing it shares with Phantom Menace is, is that, again, sort of it goes back in time, but the technology on the ship seems to be more advanced than what was in the <laughs> I the love that. I love frame. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. But... But one thing that they do get right that I wish more science fiction movies would crib from Alien, and this goes all the way back to the first one, is that the alien planets have weather. There is an atmosphere right. and like wind blows and dust and rain and, and shit like that happens. It makes those planets seem so much more credible. <laughs> yeah. And why don't any other alien worlds ever have weather? Yeah. In movies. I, I, what are you talking about? Star Wars, they have planet snow and they have planet desert and they have planet, planet jungle water and they have water. They get like where the entire does, motherfucking does it snow planet. On planet snow. <laughs> it only well, snows. This, Anywhere you go, yeah. it's only snow. It's the whole fucking planet yeah. is snow. No, but like you don't see the snow come down, yeah. right? You know, it's just there. There was rain on the water planet in yeah. episode two or some shit, but yeah, I, I don't know. Well, my just, other, my other beef with anyway. this line of thinking too is that uh the hallmark of the alien series up to that movie had been that space just looked dingy and lived in and they hewed to that very closely from a production standpoint until you get to prometheus and suddenly it's like this pristine glossy slick i'm like did you just ignore everything you set up in that first one that set it apart from star wars to begin with ridley scott i mean it's just madness and I hate, well, I hate Star that. Wars and, and Alien both were very much about the used future, but yeah. okay. Well, um, uh, but but even but compared idea- to compared to Star Wars, Alien is just yeah, it's lived in. It's ugh. So yeah, the 
The idea, though, that uh, Ridley Scott would do like one of these alien films, like for 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 years, it was like, nah, I'm not doing any of that. I've got I've got so much stuff going on. I'm fucking Ridley Scott, and then you know, it's like doing one basically says, yeah, I got I got no more shit on the shelf. I'm Ridley Scott. <laughs> basically and yeah. now here comes a young guy who's got an idea but nah nah i'm gonna do alien covenant yeah and yeah he can't do that bloom what was his okay. name i always get his name wrong bloom camp bloom camp neil, neil bloom camp. yeah neil bloom camp uh yeah he wanted to do his alien movie and there's a whole thing on youtube you can go look up on this but basically ridley scott said tell you what i want to do my alien thing so i'll do mine and then you do yours and the, his alien thing was so poorly received that it basically just shut down all the alien things and, yeah. and, and resulted in, in Ridley Scott making like a last ditch effort to not look like a fucking fool in making alien covenant. And as you probably know, it didn't work. Uh, I mean, this, for all I know, it's the best alien movie. No, I never no. bothered. It's it's not. It's <laughs> There's not I did awful. not get that. Yeah, I did not get that here's, vibe at all from the. Here's trailer. the deal. Okay, so we've got a sleeper ship of uh, you know, like people in in cryostasis heading off to the colony planet, uh, and 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 they've got they've got another android that's you know helping, and they've got a fake Ridley. They've, you know, a woman who's in charge, who's, has none of the presence. They've got a whole crew of dummies. They, they, they land on a planet, this, a bunch of stuff happens. Is Paces, other fake Ripley from, from Prometheus? Or is this a, a different fake Ripley? No, Numi Rapace would have actually been great, but she's relegated to basically being a corpse on a table in this, and that's it. Uh, yeah. The, the uh, android thing that went off with Numi Rapace, they found the planet of the the architects and basically dumped a bunch of their black poison stuff on them and wiped them out. And I'm like, that doesn't seem likely that they could just do that. But uh, yeah, so they wipe out the, the other race, the Android basically makes the alien creatures by crossing DNA strands of the creatures on the planet with the, you, you, you hear what I'm saying? The android created the first alien. Yeah. That's <sighs> wonderful. And, and, and the android see. sneaks yeah. aboard one of the aliens in the end onto the sleeper ship and makes it breed with all the people in stasis. And so a, a way Yatuni, whatever, you know, android is basically the reason there's aliens. <sighs> So see, everyone just wants to see that. a bunch of badass soldiers square off against a badass bunch of bugs, right? Like, <laughs> we got a better Aliens sequel out of Starship Troopers yeah. than <laughs> anything else, Well, right? Like, like uh, come they, on. Every yeah. one of them has to be like, we're going to be small and intimate like the first one. Why? Well, be if, big and awesome like the, the second one. The problem with the <laughs> Alien franchise is they have done so much and gone off in so many directions and had so many misfires. There's no actual way of knowing which way is the right path. You know? Yeah. It's like you you, you can't tell. It's, it's a blister that's popped and just, you know, <laughs> it's gross. And yeah. I don't have a good analogy, but stop it. Is all well, I can say. I think, well, for me, it's like you, if, if you don't have Sigourney Weaver as Ripley in one of these movies, then it's really not an alien movie. And so 
anything else is just gonna not be a thing for me. I'm like, it's just like no. But if you look, I okay. Seriously, give me the teaser trailer for Alien Three on Earth. Everyone can hear you scream. Alien to the Fifth Power, directed by Roland Emmerich. I'm good. Yeah. Right? Aliens in New York. Let's have it. Let's you have need, it. Now. You need a female lead. You need a female lead, but with serious presence. Somebody who yeah. can carry something like that. Uh, I'm thinking of um, um, Thandie Newton. And she's, you, you know, okay. she's the one who runs around going, no, you don't fucking get it. They bleed acid, asshole. You need to help me right now. And nobody does. And then yeah. she ends up killing them all. And, uh, yeah. And then goes on to the next planet. And it's like, I'm, I'm here to kill some fucking aliens is what I'm here to do. And, you know, maybe rolls with, with some, uh, some colonial Marines. I don't know, but you do that. Yeah. <laughs> well, for it me, it's HBO just, series. yeah. But for me, the whole thing with Ripley that, that. I love is that they actually each, I mean, as, as much as it was a law of diminishing returns to the fourth one, you still get a very interesting version of Ripley in each one of those. And that's the hook for me. Mm-hmm. Cause in the first one, it's like, basically she's a career woman. No one's listening to her and everybody fucking dies. End of story. So then she comes back to the second one and she's obviously an abuse survivor in this one to use the allegory. She meets it head on. Nobody listens to no her. One's listening everybody, to her. everybody fucking dies. End of story. You get to the third one. It's like she's really just, you know, it's almost like an abortion allegory. It's like she's, you know, she has to terminate this forced pregnancy. She's on a planet full of men that don't listen to her. Everybody fucking dies. End of story. I mean, it's like that's the pattern of the Ripley movies. So once you get outside of that, it's like, well, so what? You're going to have another person telling somebody something and they're not going to listen and they're going to die. I don't care at this stage. I've seen it four times already. So they just have lost their potency. And that's what's sad. You just can't make another one. I just, that's for me, that's it. You can't. So, you know. Yeah, because they've they, we've we've we know the aliens themselves are very simple. They're a threat, yes. and they're very simple. And you know, basically, it's about the world you build around them. And they have fucked that up so much that I don't think you yeah. can come back to it. Whether you go back into the past or the future of the story, the story's told. You know? Yeah. I mean, you could stop. literally just yeah. you could end it on aliens, and this would have been perfect. I mean, that's yeah. just, it, that's all you need. Like, like you said earlier, it's like it would have been the happy ending and it's satisfying. And so I like by the, the end idea of that of going back to just after aliens and, you know, Hicks with his facial scar going, you know, um, no, seriously, <laughs> yeah, really. there's aliens. We need to get ready for this. <laughs> yeah. And Roland I mean, Emmerich, just- brilliant idea. Brilliant yeah. idea, like like a, <laughs> a, a flotilla of these aliens coming to uh, eradicate Earth. And we pick like a location on Earth for them to eradicate, like something in Florida, definitely. Fuck yeah. them. And yeah, yeah just, yeah, just, just wipe out like coronavirus. Orlando. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> well, it's like they say in the alien resurrection that Earth, what a shithole. And they literally don't and, care. Yeah. Make the bad guy, the human bad guy for this one, like a total Ted Cruz going, they're not, they're not really dangerous. They're, you know, they're our friends. They, you know, they're, they, they, they're going to give me money for my reelection campaign. Uh, and, fake news. There's no aliens. And, yeah, really. yeah. And then <laughs> more people like, die from car crashes every year than aliens. Any use to the aliens, then they gang rape him. That's, yeah. that's. That's that's that'd be a great movie. Yeah, Ted Cruz 
getting it in the ass from a group of aliens. Ow, ow. You know, that would be, that would be awesome. Talk about going off the rails. So, so let me ask you this. So I don't think any of the other movies besides the first two have like the weird, like psych out. This is not the real ending. Here comes the real ending. Like it, that doesn't happen again. Correct. If memory serves. Because like in Aliens, it's like, oh, they're off the planet, everybody's relaxed, and then suddenly Bishop gets torn in half, and then there's that extra 15 minutes. It's mm. like the real ending. You don't get that in any of the other movies, right? I don't, I don't think you do. Uh, I'm not sure. I feel but... like there was, I mean, the ending of Alien 3 is so confusing because there were several endings and they didn't know how to end it, <laughs> so I can't remember. I think it's just, um, she just does the Terminator two ending where she just jumps into the pit of fire and melts yeah. i mean it's that's all it is yeah and then and but and alien resurrection the prisoner like, saying fuck you <laughs> yeah part. basically the one yeah. guy who doesn't give a shit and he lives yeah and and then like the covenant i don't think there's a psych ending on that one either so it's sort of like they just gave up on that fun part of it but it seems like that would almost be the best part about doing an alien movie would be to do the psycho then so that people could go, Oh, remember that one? Remember that one? And they just I get, mean, they get to lazy. To me, the fun concept to explore is that the, the offspring of an alien, it resembles whatever the host was, right? So you could do all these different mutations of the alien. I think that would be interesting. Yeah. But uh, it's done. Go watch Aliens, yeah. 1986, James Cameron. It's the one you want to watch. It's amazing. It holds up. Watch yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's what inspired your favorite movie, Doom. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, basically, what? yeah, it's a bunch of creatures from hell, and uh, uh, we can't kill them all, and some of us are going to die. Pretty simple shit. Yeah. Okay, anyway, go over, look man. for other great shows back. with... Great, great advice and great, great, great insights on on movies and junk from Magnificently Huge because we have a whole podcast. We have a bunch of shit. We're on uh, maghuge.com. We're on Magnificently Huge on the Facebooks and the Instagrams, though I don't know who's taking care of the Instagrams. It ain't me. And we're on uh, 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 Twitter at maghuge. And we take requests. Anything you want to hear on this show, we'll do. We'll goddamn, we'll dance like monkeys. We don't give a fuck. Well, Eric might. Yeah. <laughs> Eric might. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're done. I say we nuke the podcast from orbit. Yeah. Well, we put it way to be sure. Yeah. <laughs> God. I don't know. It was a bad call, Brian. It was a bad call. <laughs>